So many developments today, and I need to bring those to you. The first thing we need to discuss is losing it all. We are seeing people drowning in debt. The foreclosures are rising. You need to know what's going on. The second thing is the secret. What's happening with the Federal Reserve behind the scenes? I'll give you some insight there. And the third thing is the inflation situation. Prices are going up, and we are seeing some interesting developments. I've got a lot to cover. Let's go. I wanted to lead off with this one. Ford removes minimum credit score for 84-month loans. That's a seven-year loan. So what this tells me here is that, look, if people are struggling to be able to get and qualify for these loans, well, we just change the rules and you're in. No problem. But this doesn't resolve the issue of why people are taking seven years to pay off a vehicle. This is absurd in many ways because you can stretch that debt out and that makes it affordable. But the cost of the car in the first place is the issue. It's just like homes. It was before 2020, so we can't go there, okay? The problem here is that these things cost way too much versus the average salary, the median salary. That's the real problem. Oh, not the supply chain. We've got problems there. There's no doubt, all different types of problems. But before 2020, there were issues underlying all of this. Almost 20% of U.S. households lost their entire savings through last year. So when I talk about being wiped out, there are individuals who will say, oh, this guy's just spreading fear. Oh, this guy, it's garbage. I'm going elsewhere. I'm literally taking the data and I am putting that in the titles, in the thumbnails, and in what I say to you. This is just... The information that I'm trying to bring, I'm trying to bring reality. That's besides the point. Almost a third of those making less than $50,000 had their entire financial cushion wiped out. For many Americans, they had nowhere to go, nothing to do. There were uh, time to save, but for almost 20% of the households, they were completely wiped out their entire financial cushion. And believe me, for a lot of these people, it wasn't much, but still it wiped these people out. So they have this study, and I believe that was the same exact one that I had shown you previously, but now the actual Bloomberg is, is covering it. That was, I believe, in yesterday's video. What about this? This is from the U.S. Energy Information Administration, the EIA, talking about what's happening this winter as it relates to what people are going to be paying in the U.S. Even when we vary weather expectations, we expect the increase in energy prices as the United States returns to the economic growth to mean higher residential energy bills this winter. Let's take a look at some of these. We expect that nearly half of the U.S. households that heat primarily with natural gas will spend 30% more than they spent last winter on average. 50% more if the winter is 10% colder than average and 22% more if the winter is 10% warmer than average. So either way, people are going to pay, if they use natural gas a lot, they're going to be paying a large amount more than what they are used to. So just take those bills. If that's you, take your bills and take the worst case scenario. 
you got to go with the worst case scenario. As they say, you know, uh, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. All right. So you can see that. Take your bill. What was it? Whatever it is, add 50% to it. Can you afford that? No. Let's start digging in and let's start figuring out what we're going to do. Okay. Because we need to be prepared right now, not when the time comes. We expect that 41% of U.S. households that heat primarily with electricity will spend 6% more, 15% more in a colder winter, 4% more in warmer, and then it just goes on, okay? If you're interested, you can pause the video or check the link in the description if you want to see more of the details in this report. But take a look. This is big. Foreclosures are surging now that the mortgage bailouts are ending and in the same title, which is already long, if you think about it, this is a title of an article, but they're still at low levels. Don't get scared. And why do they have to put it in the title? Because a lot of people, they only read the title. And you are not allowed to push any information that's considered negative because the advertisers don't like that. But of course, on this channel, I'm just here to bring you the truth. Now, are they much lower than what we've seen in, in other instances, like during the housing crisis? Sure. But what's happening? What is the reality? Look, the mortgage bailouts are ending, foreclosures are now rising, foreclosure starts jumped 32% in the third quarter of this year from the second quarter, and we're 67% higher than the third quarter of 2020. The foreclosure numbers should stay relatively low because of the aggressive modifications by lenders and also because of high levels of home equity. I would argue with the home equity part, but that's besides the point. And the reason I argue with that is because you don't need a large percentage of the population or, you know, you, you have a problem somewhere. Maybe it's Evergrande. Maybe it's Lehman. Maybe it's whatever commercial mortgage-backed security, whatever that is, it's a small thing, but because of how interconnected and intertwined everything is, it creates problems down the road, domino effect. So they do talk about it further in here. And, you know, it depends on where you are, different situation, different places. But the point is simply that soon as the stimulus ran out, as soon as the protections ran out, things got worse. And we can, we're going to talk about this more in just a second. Take a look. Here's the jobless claims falling down significantly. What did people do? Did people find themselves going back to work right now at this time? Here it is. Just looking at it all broken down. Extended benefits, the emergency claims, unemployment insurance, and so on. And over these last couple months... That has been declining. What are people doing in response to not getting the stimulus? Look at this. This is the PPI. So you're seeing what people are paying, the CPI, and then you got to look at the producer price index. What's happening with the input costs? If somebody has to manufacture a product, whether it's a processed food product, let's just say peanut butter. If the peanuts are more expensive, if the jar is more expensive, if the label is more expensive, the ink to print the label, and so on and so forth, that's their input costs. What does that do to the product? Of course, it makes it much more expensive. They pass that down on the customer. This is China's PPI surging right now to the highest levels since the 90s. This is incredible. 
10.7% year over year. You're looking at the China's coal futures surging as well. And because these move in lockstep, this chart goes all the way back to 2011. They move in lockstep during this process. Are we going to see the PPIs surging to these levels? It would be unbelievable. Is it going to get that bad? We'll see in time. Let's talk about the Federal Reserve here because this goes in with it. Two things related to the Fed. This is Bullard, okay? I think this is concerning while I is talking about inflation. While I do think that there is some probability that this will naturally dissipate over the next six months, I gotta highlight this. I wouldn't say that that's that's such a strong case that we can count on happening because it's you know it's 50% probability either way. So he's saying could be one or the other. He doesn't want to touch it. He doesn't want to step on anybody's toes, doesn't want to look good, look bad for the boss. You know how it is. But all of them now are starting to say inflation, not so transitory. Then there was this. This article is basically talking about, oh, it's embarrassing, the Fed ethics, they got to take care of this. Yeah, yeah, we've heard all that before. But this is talking about the original sin. I can't believe they actually published this in Bloomberg, but here it is. The Fed still lives with this original sin. It is not clear who the reserve banks are accountable to. It is something that has been an issue from the very beginning. And this is what I've highlighted a thousand times. If you've been on the channel, you know, I know you know what's going on. Look, Bloomberg in 2016 sought the annual evaluations of the 12 regional chiefs via a Freedom of Information Act request. The banks declined with one citing court rulings that performance evaluations are intensely personal and not subject to public disclosure. So the Federal Reserve decided you, the people, do not get to know what goes on in the Federal Reserve. They are not transparent. They are not in any way, shape or form accountable to you and their actions do not benefit you. Debt is rising, stimulus has faded, and together that is a very bad combination. Higher inflation needs higher interest rates. That's the only way to stop it. People must take steps right now to reduce bad debt. It is so key because at this time, we know what's going to happen. We know how hard times are really right in front of us. Okay, so just some updates right here. I want to move through this quickly just to give you what you need to know, okay? Rising oil and gas prices are helping Russia rebuild its wealth fund. Any oil-producing country is going to do real well during these periods of time as long as they can get it out of the ground, as long as they can sell it. Britain's Chicken King says 20-year cheap food binge is over. IEA says the energy crisis could threaten economic recovery. All right, they get into more details here, but essentially the days when you could feed a family with family of four with a three pound or four dollar chicken are coming to an end. Prices on everything. Okay, look at this. 
I know, I know I've seen this in the comment section, by the way, IKEA is leasing more ships, buying containers and rerouting goods as the world's largest furniture brand seeks to mitigate a perfect storm of disruptions. Interesting stuff, right? This is just more of the same, showing you that food price inflation will hit double digits. This doesn't happen too often. And of course, people can't take this. You've already had people that, like I showed you at the beginning, 20% just wiped out. What's going to happen in the next level? What's happening to them right now? Everything has gone sky high from groceries to gas, prices skyrocketing, and it could get worse. Remember, the words I take, the words that I use are from the mainstream media articles. And I simply am using those quoting. I'm basically a quote machine. That's what I do. Okay. U.S. wholesale prices rose 8.6% over the last 12 months. It's unbelievable. Then we get to this. More than 10,000 John Deere workers are on strike after rejecting contract. What happens when a large number of these individuals are not they're not working. They're saying, no, at this time with agriculture, with the supply chain, with the, all the demand, everything going on and 10,000 workers on strike, I think it's going to exacerbate the problems even further. Because just like I, I covered uh, maybe yesterday's video, that even tires, they were talking about, you know, the, the farmer with his tractor, he, uh, you know, can't get tires, needs tires, can't get them. I mean, these things just don't happen too often. Then we have this, the monthly CRB BLS spot index. Okay, it's a commodity index, and I wanted to just break it down really quickly what it is exactly. The commodity BLS commodity price index is a measure of price movements of 22 sensitive basic commodities whose markets are presumed to be among the first to be influenced by changes in economic conditions. As such, it serves as one of the early indication of impending changes in business activity. And as always, the link is in the description, okay? The official description if you want to read all about it. But look at that. We're basically at the same level we were at back, you know, in, in uh, 2000. Just before, actually, that's what, 98 or so. You might tell me if I put this here. Oh, 2011, excuse me. 2011. This was back in this was back in 2008. You could see the peak, okay? Comes down, shoots right back up 2011. The point is we haven't seen this before. We have not seen this. If I go back, how far will this go back? It only goes back to 1988 and like I said, we are at that level right now. What's going to happen? What's going on? This cannot be resolved by a flick of the switch. They can't change this. They are already, imagine, people say they're just going to pump more money. They've already pumped in from the stimulus and the government trillions and trillions and trillions. They've got this, you know, monster that they want to put out there. What about the Federal Reserve and their actions? How far are they going to take it? I don't know, but already we are in for a world of hurt because people, they can't pay the bills. The most basic things. And the last thing I just want to show you, the average new car sells for over $45,000 in September. The prices are going sky high on just about everything. There are different reasons. There are many factors here, but what matters? It's you. You matter and what you've got to pay 
that's all I've got to say. If you want to support me, hit that thumbs up button. I do appreciate it, all right? If you want to get on the insiders, I will email you five days a week, the video of the day. It's right up here at this card or themoneygps.com. As always, uh, a simple click of the like helps me out. So thank you very much. If you haven't seen this video yet, you definitely want to check it out. Click it and I'll see you there.